0: we've actually started talking on record now yay so it only took then... only took an hour yeah yeah <laughs> we needed to do a catch up we needed we needed to to tell everything everything like that that's gone on you know it's it's been a whole like 14 days yeah too long it's, it sounds bigger than 2 weeks <laughs> it does it does <laughs> so <laughs> stages statuses um and i can't think of another word that begins with s to make it three but that's that's what we're gonna go with some things stages statuses and some things they there's there's the title
1: <laughs> because let's face it some things is gonna come in no matter what we try
0: <laughs> yeah even even if we bruno Bennett, it's still gonna come in oh yeah uh that that has been glued into my head like bruno Bin. every every time like in my in my mind every time i i sort of palm something off for the moment i'm like that's in the bruno bin it's it's just an internal concept i have now and i'm like yeah yeah that's where it goes
1: i just love that Uh, oh let me go check in the bruno bin oh no i'll just leave it all there uh
0: that that actually relates to what we're talking about though um uh actually i'm going to bring it up now because we haven't spoken about this uh, off camera but the basb 14 is what i'm doing it's the <laughs> building a second brain cohort course uh,
1: <laughs> cohort 14
0: and we are we are entering in so we're ending out the organizing week which is week two and we're entering the distill week on monday <laughs> and <laughs> yes uh, and i'm going to share my all of my thoughts about the building a second brain in a video on my youtube channel um I may get Uh cancelled for it
1: (laughs) yeah you probably will
0: i'll I'll get a whole community coming after me it's not that i disagree with everything it's just i have a different perspective on certain things Uh, but the building a second brain the the ideas around it the code um, and the ideas around it are very consistent and the stage of notes seems to be quite prevalent in this cohort for whatever reason all the mentors are saying oh this there's like a this idea of a a waiting inbox so you capture the note and then it's in a waiting zone somewhere whether that is your read later app your listen later app or you put it in a tool and then you distill it or do whatever with it afterwards it it seems to be this really big concept in this cohort and I was already doing it so it's not anything new to me but I thought it'd be worth talking about you're frowning yeah
1: I mean uh, as i was talking to you before i recently updated my readwise like template in obsidian to be more not really inboxy but to actually use it before it was still being very static and kind of like a siloed part of my obsidian that i dipped into every so often if i wanted to see something but now i'm kind of turning it into more of a feature when something goes in i think <clears throat> my read wise is like your kind of papers and you know when you go through your papers and get the notes from the papers nowhere near to your degree because it's only a book um so big yeah like, yeah you can distill most of it down quite easily unlike you know 60,000 don't even remember
0: how many words it was um yeah it was it was, was 65,000 words in the paper but it was only 32,000 that were my my notes yeah yeah obviously
1: yeah so <clears throat> i'm i'm in a process of doing a course or a program whatever it's called um and there are a lot of books to read which i'm enjoying um and so i'm kind of relying on my obsidian a little a little bit more which meant i wanted to design it so that i could find things quickly so as we were talking before i've introduced tags like you have and as kind of I think I would call it a status. Yeah, it's pretty much a status of where it is and what I'm doing with it. And it's kind of like, yay, this is much easier than what I was doing before.
0: I'm curious, what sort of statuses do you have? Because I've seen lots of, obviously there's loads of different ways you can do it. Status one, two, three, four, five, like however many you've got. Um, Some people add words to it. Some people just have it in certain sections or have tags for things. Like how are you using the tag as a status? Because some people just have like, article blog readwise and then done doing whatever right
1: yeah so what i've got i just opened it up i have a capture and a notes so they're separate i have a capture status as to do done passive or active so to do is something that i want to work on done is something i've done passive is i'm gonna look at this but not yet it's there it's being worked on but it's kind of not front of mind and then active is my these are the things i'm really focused on right now um <clears throat> then i have the format of what they are whether it's a book an article a tweet a podcast a paper a video or it's like an etymology thing that i've captured and then i kind of have for my notes an active done and to do i don't have a passive yet which i may end up adding don't know yet i haven't needed it yet
0: interesting that's kind of okay. what i have so far So I'm just going to make something really obvious here. I know it was obvious when you were saying it, but you have two different statuses, even in a similar structure, for the two different types of notes you have. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Because I'm the same, and this is something that I feel a lot of people don't quite grasp when they're going through the PKM and the notes is notes are different. Like a note isn't the same as another note. It's a type. Um, Yeah. And I don't think types of notes are spoken from um, BASB 14. Tiago talks about he doesn't like his system organized by tags or organized by folders. He likes it organized by note first. But doing it note first, it means that there is a type of note. And I don't think there is a type of note. I think there are two different types of notes. Because a source note in my mind is not the same as a writing note or a working note, or whatever you want to call it, like a, a a, a note that I'm actually doing something with, um, so it's still note first, but it's type of note first. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, my- and I,
1: I, I don't really like that idea of. One thing I did struggle with when I was playing with Obsidian and using the working note and processing this, like which one is it? It's kind of they they kind of move between, and I found that moving between, although really super simple and really super easy to do, just a quick shortcut. It was fiddly. Mm. And so now I'm kind of shifting where it's either I've captured something because it's something that I've captured, no matter what I might have captured, and then there is a note I'm working on it. So an example of this is like the books I have. I have the capture notebook, which has a special, it has an emoji of a book, uh, which I create via the Readwise template um, formatting when I import it into Obsidian. And then I have the note, which does not have the little icon because I don't need it to have the icon because it's my distillation or or like creation of this book and what I think are the main points and what matters and then linking it to other notes that I have. And I do it that way around now. And that has been kind of helpful. And because in the Obsidian template, it automatically creates the page for me. I just have to click it to open it and then it makes it, makes it, makes it. When I'm ready to start using that, I can switch it into active in the capture and then the note goes into active because it's already tagged as active and then I'm on and I'm just like doing it. It's that beautiful, I don't have to think about it. Whereas my kind of resistance to Obsidian and the thing that I loved most about Obsidian was the freedom (laughs) that it can go anywhere. And it took me, and it's taken me a very long time to do that and I think that has helped and hindered because then I can't find what I want to find Because the naming might not have been correct or something was not quite right for me to find it. And so I found myself fumbling around more than I wanted to. And these tags have made it so I don't need to fumble around because I can just see them and see what's being worked on and what's not.
0: Yeah, I think that's something with so I've seen the conversation quite a lot is how you find a note most people in Obsidian don't go through the File Explorer, whereas people that use Evernote have to go through the notes and note stacks and stuff. Um, but if you're searching for things, you need to know what you're searching for. <laughs> yeah. uh, and if you're not in your notes regularly, like myself, trying to remember what it was that you called it, you're like, what did I call that thing again? Was it was it productivity? Was it how to be productive? Like, and you start typing in random words, you're like, no, that's not what I want. No, that's not what I want. It's just a pain. Um, so having that just appear wherever it is, it's quite useful, which is how I now have my workspace. Uh, and my my differences between the types of notes is my source notes, I, I just have two statuses. They're either outside of my file explorer, so I need to like process slash distill them, but that's not a tag because I just know that they're there, which I do at the beginning of every day. And then if I'm actively working on it, then it will be hashtag active, it will be tagged as active, and then it will go into my active pane. Mm. Because I don't, I don't need to to do stuff with my source note because it comes in if it's in my file explorer. I know I need to link it to stuff. Once I've linked it to stuff, I don't need to work on it until I'm actually like working on it. And the only time a source note would be active is if it's an extremely long source note, i.e., a PhD thesis or a book. <laughs> um, otherwise, I can do it in a couple of minutes. Whereas my yeah. working, whereas yeah. whereas my working notes, I have a stage and the status mm. uh, so I, I don't know whether you noticed when i was sharing my screen earlier don but i have say essentially a waiting working note so a working note that's just full of a load of points i have a writing working note oh uh, uh, yeah a writing working note where i'm i'm writing the note but i haven't so i'm distilling it but i haven't Put all the points together. It's kind of like I've combined the points into sort of sections and I've got an outline of what I'm talking about. But if you were to read through it, it wouldn't make sense. Yeah. And then you have a written note, which if you read through it, it makes sense. But that's just the stage of the note because I could be waiting, written, or writing, and I could be inactive in any of those notes.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I like that.
0: Uh, and then the same thing if there is something that I want to do in any of those types of notes I add the hash to do like the the tag for to do because there could be an action I want to do in the note that isn't it's not a task it's not something I need to do it's just oh yeah I can do this next in my to do section which is at the bottom of the page bottom of every page I can just add like distill this section this chapter or express this block or whatever and I can just put hash to do so if I have 20 minutes, I'm like, I want to be in my notes. Let's do something. I can go to the to-do section and just be like, oh, let's work on this one. So it gives me the freedom to have a list of things that I can sort of quickly do or have loads of things to do. But then I also have the active of I'm working on this PhD thesis that's twenty six thousand words long.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That makes sense.
0: But that's that's just my way of doing it. And I I keep that framework i don't want to call it a philosophy i keep that framework inside of my calendar app which is morgan and i also keep it somewhat inside of my file system as well so i don't i don't use para (laughs) i still still use para yeah I'm, i'm i'm not a big para person i you could You could put the framework into the stuff that I have, but there's no, like, projects folder or areas folder. Like, areas just doesn't exist in anywhere that I have. The only way, the only place you could sort of say I have areas is my task lists inside of Mm. Morgan, where I've categorized things into, like, medication, health, action, creations. Like, that's as close as you're going to get to areas, but there's only five of them. And, like, research is an area. (laughs) Yeah, that, 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 I mean, that's that's pretty broad.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: so I wouldn't read really class it as an area. It's more just of a, yeah, yeah, it's just a thing. It's just, it's a thing. I don't, I don't like adding the, the area label to it. Um, and resources, that's just every single note I have. Like resources is basically everything. YouTube channel is a resource in my Obsidian, but that's also technically an area. Because it's yeah. ongoing, there's no end point to it that has projects in it, but the projects inside of my YouTube channel is just a heading inside of the note resource. So I'm like, is my YouTube channel note lots of projects, an area, and lots of resources all together, but it's also an archive because it's got old notes as well? <laughs> like, is it all of them in one? Yes. How does that help? <laughs> I think explain it to me John how do, how does that help?
1: Well how it helps me is one it's a sense of I have a folder for each piece of content So in in I'm just looking now I'm kind of checking my own stuff because I just do it I don't really consciously think. So <clears throat> I have a project that is kind of ongoing so it's sort of an area but I still call it a project because I'm always actively working on it. For me, I don't think I follow it correctly, quote unquote. I follow it my way. So a project is something that I'm always working on. It's like something that is always at the top of my mind, stuff that I'm always wanting to do or always thinking about. And then it kind of goes down from there. The, from projects to archives, it's the most front of mind to the least front of mind. And that's how I organize it for me. Um, It's like projects I'm always active on. So I have a client folder in here where all of my active clients live. When they are active clients, they are in that folder. When they become clients that are no longer active or I finish my work, they go into an archive just immediately.
0: Your clients live in a folder. Your clients don't live in a house. They live in a folder. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. They live in a folder. Get in your folder. (laughs) No.
0: That's what I had in my head. Yeah, and that's, then that's I, have... I started giggling.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so anything that is top of mind for me, I don't really care whether I class it as a resource or not. It is something that's top of mind, it's a project. Once it becomes less top of mind, but I'm working on it a bit or it's bigger, then it becomes an area. So I sometimes have what would be classed as an area or a resource in my projects. Because it's something that I am actively using.
0: That's not how Tiago defines them, though. Because projects, I don't have care deadlines. how Tiago defines them. I
1: disagree. i do it my way.
0: Because yeah, projects have deadlines. Areas don't, basically. Don't care. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, it's funny because I've gone to the mentor sessions this week. Well, I, I say I've gone to the mentor sessions. I've been to two and I've watched the recordings at times two speed of a lot of them because they all say the same thing, which is one of the small gripes I have with with the mentor sessions is like I want to know what they talk about but a lot of them say just the same stuff over and over which I get like it's a course it's the point but I'm like if I if I if I want to get a different perspective I want to hear different things like the first half an hour of every single talk is exactly the same because it's a presentation which makes sense but it's kind of like I want to join half an hour in (laughs) once I've done the first one (laughs) because I don't want to hear the the same stuff Um, I see
1: see I don't I don't like that
0: well, that they I say thought. the same thing?
1: Yeah. What's the point of them then?
0: I, I don't... Mm, yeah. Um, we, we won't go on a rant there, but the point I was getting at was once they've done the whole I'm going to talk about the same thing and then they give their perspective on something, it's not until like the last 20 minutes, really, um, that they start talking about how they do it. And every single person that I've seen says, well, I don't really do para-traditionally. I do it like this. and i'm like hold up so you're all mentoring for para but you all do it differently makes sense i totally agree with that talk
1: about that that's the interesting
0: part exactly and this is what i've also noticed in the chat when you when i look at the chat in the calls the chat's almost dead for the first half an hour then someone asks a question and then people start answering the question given perspective and then as soon as the person starts sharing their screen and sharing how they work the chat suddenly explodes like oh what's this what's that how do you do this why did you do that how do you get this to work in this way and i'm like that that's where i want like that that's the part of the conversation that i want to be in which is like which is why i think in the um building a second brain summit the adhd chat was the most active because they were talking about how you action certain things rather than it being a presentation which i mean it links to Veritassum's thesis that i'm reading anywhere about multimedia video and discussion and discourse and other complicated sciencey stuff um <laughs> but the 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 idea of everyone treating para differently i think is useful and i don't like the definitions that he uses which is kind of like what you went against because you see projects as active stuff and areas is sort of like Next stage project?
1: Yeah, it's kind of like, these are things that always are happening, but they're not like right now. They are not urgent. They are not front of mind. Sometimes my projects have a deadline. Sometimes they don't. It varies. It, it is dependent. And I don't have to think about that. That's what I found that when I did Para, when I did Building a Second Brain, because I've done it too, I found that so restrictive for me. And I spent too much time notioning it. In other words, trying to figure it all out instead of just going with
0: what's what's so good. Yeah, just like- How how do I package this thing?
1: Yeah, and I'm just like, I don't care anymore. Like projects are things that are right in my forefront that I want to work on now and that are active, that are in place, that are being done. And then the archives are stuff that's just done and is, is either done or waiting or like they're not front of mind for me. They're not front of mind. I could probably implement your system and be fine. It's the same system, just with different, different words. names. Yeah. And that e- and, and the projects, areas, resources, and archives is an easier way of explaining it to a team. Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> I, I think the way, the way I see BASB is... So in science, I'm going to give a bit of context here. In science, scientists love to come up with their own theories. And what they do is they take a theory, they take a framework, they take a philosophy, and they go, okay, that's really good. I like that, but I don't like these bits. So I'm going to come up with a different theory but it's actually the exact same thing. You've just added a bit somewhere. Mm. Um, and it's a really, really, really annoying. I mean, working memory, for example, has 13 different framework theories, but they all say the same effing thing, just with small differences. Um, the differences are sp- like, really important, but why are we calling them different things and using different names for the same thing? I'm like, oh, there's working memory, but then there's active working memory and passive working memory and procedural memory and de- declarative memory. Same thing. Anyway, um I see BASB as a framework that we can all use to make terminology easier. Like, I, mm. I see projects like this. I see areas like this. I see resources like this. Rather than saying, I use whatever framework, map of content or uh, PPV, like, let's add more. St- no, get, get rid of it. Just use one and say, I do it differently like this. I do it differently like that. Because then everyone has somewhere to start from. Yeah,
1: and I think that my big, it's not really an issue, I don't really care, but, like, my opinion on things like PPV and Horizons and the Bulletproof method and the this and then thats that is that they're all hyper-specific. And one thing I've been asked multiple times, oh, can you do a new video on how you use Notion? I'm like, yeah, I can, but it's going to be useless. It's not going to be Give very me valuable. Give a couple of days. It. Yeah, uh, it's 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 no
0: give me a couple of days and no it'll change.
1: Yeah, it's like this is where I and I tried to get to a point where I can encapsulate what I want to do, which I have, I've got that now. Um but it's my concern is people just go in and take it verbatim, mm. which is not the darn point. <laughs> do not follow what what is said to the letter. These are not like rules their guidelines and i think with certain like i think for me and this is just my personal view with ppv there was so much like this is this this is that this is that it was so detailed which which you know much respect people like yeah it's like really detailed but i would spend more time making and setting it up and doing things with it than actually doing my work And that's not, what I want is an invisible system, a system that works in the background that I do not have to explain. Now, there will always be friction. There will always be things that are just, oh, I wish it could just do this and I wish it could just do that. That's always going to happen. But I want to reduce those as low as possible to a point where I'm not going to come into my system and go, "Uh, where's that thing again? I wouldn't be able to go in and go, right, this is where I am. This is what I've got to do. Here we go, off we go. I think folder structures, just from a Google not not Google Drive, but a, a folder and file structure. I love Para for that because it allows me to go from, you know, highest priority to lowest priority. And there are four folders, and that's all I've got to think about. Do I go deeper with four folders inside? Yes, of course I do. But it's just four folders. I can dump it in there and then come back later when I want to organize stuff. But I don't want to spend all my time organizing stuff. And with PPV and and from the limited stuff I have about the Bulletproof system, it's so manual. It's so working with it. I don't want to work with the system. I want the system to work with me. Very different. Sounds the same, but very different. I want to just come in, do my work, and my system will hold me up just enough.
0: Self-organization.
1: Yeah, (laughs) self-organization. That's what I want. I just want it to do it itself. I don't want to have to around with tags and tabs and i'm looking forward to it
0: do it ecological psychology as soon as i get in there oh it's going to be so much fun um <sighs> i but i need to get a basis in cognitive science first uh one one thing that came up in my in my mind when when you were speaking was there's been this debate in sub projects and tasks and subtasks and and how that works. So I want to sort of address that a little bit in a second. But I think the reason Para, the reason Tiago went to Para for everything, is he used Evernote, and Evernote is files and folders, and files and folders for Para is useful. And even though I don't use traditional Para, if you look at the video that I did recently, it's about a seven minute video, about how I organize stuff. My my folder system could be organized in Para because that's what I'm doing. It's like, these are the project stuff. These are the, I mean, I have the resources in the project folder, and then I have an archive of things that I don't need, which are basically just like two sections in my mind, but I could put para to it. Evernote is folders. Obsidian, nah. no. And no. that's where I think the tools for thought, uh, evolution, doesn't fit para. And that's where I think para starts to lose its applicability.
1: Um, yeah, and and I agree. I think that's true. But and I saw something interesting. I can't remember who it was or where it was. Around how tools for thought will always be a niche thing. Like there was a conversation like on obsidian, about obsidian. Yeah, about how obsidian and Rome will always be niche.
0: I disagree. I, I'm, I'm intrigued. Disagree. I, I'm intrigued. Uh, I'm starting to disagree because. Uh a lot of a lot of people when it comes to research anyway, like the links and they use links all over the place. So from a research perspective, tools for thought, not necessarily all the block referencing and the transclusions and the graph, all of that stuff. That's not necessarily needed. But the basic ability to link between pages, link between documents and ideas, just the backlinking, the ease of backlinking drastically like drastically changes how research is done the integrations between like zotero obsidian word now for academia academia goes through the roof like there are so many people doing that now um and then when it comes to real world like life use like business use client use um, and just taking notes on things the tools for thought because of the linking and because of i'm thinking of tools like obsidian because that's the one i use but because of the lack of structure and just dump stuff in they can be just like a basic notes app which is what most people use like an apple notes or a a google keep they can do that but if you do want to go further they allow you to go further whereas those basic notes app can't go further so people a lot of people that struggle to use google keep and go to notion or go to a a file type notes app is because they want to do more with it but they quite can't quite do it but notion from my experience it's got the the second part it's got the tools for thought not as extended as some tools but it's got that bit but the quick captures not as much because it's not as good whereas i think obsidian for me anyway and i think rome research with their mobile app is getting there as well i know Logseq is similar um yeah i i still prefer obsidian um it has the quick capture bit which is what most people need but then it has the linking which most people also want they don't know how to do like they struggle with it like when when you see the google ecosystem you see google keep you see google calendar and then you see microsoft docs uh, microsoft docs google docs um, and they try and link all the notes together and you've got like a link between the google keep note the calendar event and the doc well if you use a tool for thought all three of those links can be in one page
1: yeah and i think that i think we've had this conversation before on responsibility of the creators Mm. because often what is all of that is shared for the majority of creators is look at me how advanced i am it's like almost showing how good you are at using the tool rather than hey here's a thing that i can do this is simple i mean i when i did when i actively did youtube it's like oh my god this is so simple i'm like yeah that's the damn point I want it to be simple. Why would I spend hours and hours going through 40, 50 databases? Why would I do that?
0: Because some people advise it. It's
1: like I just want as little <laughs> as possible so that I can get on with my day, not so that I can go play in notion all day. I think, I'm wrong, I love notion.
0: <laughs> but quick fire question. How many volts should people have in Obsidian? One. <laughs> Why would you have more? That's exactly what I said. So many people in the, in the VASB are like, oh yeah, I have three volts. I have five volts. I have six volts. I'm like, what? they have a volt per area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Why?
1: Why? How? Why?
0: It was a quick file question. (laughs) I know I'm bashing my head against the wall every time I see someone that's like, oh, yeah, I have four volts. Why? What's the point? Can you link between the different volts? Well, you can, but you have to make a manual UI link between the two Obsidian files. So instead of it being a backlink, it would be an external file link. So you can do it, it's just a pain in the ass
1: if you want to that like, go about to notion
0: basically <laughs> exactly like
1: if you need that go to notion uh, that is no
0: yeah exactly i'm bashing my head against if any
1: of you do have multiple votes that are listening and want to try and explain why please do let us know i'm very intrigued but why
0: the only reason i could justify using multiple votes is for like collaboration access. Like if you have a vault for work and a vault for personal, because maybe you like sync the vault with another person. Like you have a sync vault for another person. Like I could see that. Yeah, but I'm, I'm like reaching there because why would you use Obsidian for like collaboration sync vault work? <laughs> I, I just don't know. And, and then the other quick fire question, tasks, subtasks, projects, sub projects, of projects of projects and sub uh, areas. Do you have them? Do you not have them? Like, how do you work with them?
1: So I go one layer. So I have a project, and then a sub project, a task, and then a sub task. I do not go no deeper than that. Okay. Area, sub area. I don't really have sub areas. No, not really. But if I wanted to, I could. I think I I need sub areas for my
0: research. I. hmm? I think I would need sub areas for my research. Yeah,
1: probably. Thinking about it, yeah. Like it would be an area, sub area. Or if it become, areas are probably the one that I probably wouldn't do that with, I don't think. I think if it was too big, I would split the area off to its own thing, to be its own area, I think. But I don't know. I've never experienced where an area has become, yeah, I would just go down to a project and have another project. I would rather have sub-projects than sub-areas. But the way that I define areas is different
0: yeah see this is where i struggle with para because if if we go down the areas route my research is an area consciousness cognitive science ecological Mm. science ecological dynamics ecological psychology they are all what i would class as areas but they're areas inside of research but then inside of ecological dynamics you then have systems theory then you have complexity theory uh, and, and then you have other areas inside of that extended cognition and then inside of extended cognition embodied body cognition, entrenched cognition, et cetera, et cetera. And, you, and I'm like, these are all topics, but they could all be classed as areas because I could do a project, i.e. an essay, a blog, a video on any of those specific things. So I'm like, do I have infinite areas? Do I have infinite resources? Yeah, so that, resources? That, like-
1: that is actually the thing, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> but then for me the way that i i i would never use para for note taking
0: yeah i i can't i, 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 mean, I wouldn't this I, is the I, problem no i'm point. at i'm like it it wouldn't work i use all para. resources
1: <laughs> yeah they're all resources so i see that as a sub resource versus a project or an area or this or that like i don't see my note taking inside of para it is kind of in its own place. And then when I want to do something with it, it becomes a project. And only then do I put it into something like that. But I think that's because I have that. My team don't need to see my notes necessarily, and they won't be interested in most of my notes.
0: Just but I then when to. I
1: need them to be interested, it goes into Notion as a project, something that I'm working on, something that I'm doing. But yeah, it's para doesn't work for note-taking
0: yeah Hot that's tape. what that's what i thought
1: no that that's like power it, does I'm... not work sorry project management yes task management well yeah obviously like for for organizational purposes
0: yes to organize your notes no i would say para is action management not knowledge management yeah that, 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 that's how yeah, I see it in my head.
1: That That is that is how I, I see it. Never had a word like that. But yeah, it is. It's action management, not project management. Or not, not organizational. Yeah, knowledge management. Yeah, actually, because that's how it's structured for me.
0: And they're the, they're the two sections I have in, in my mind. I have, this is action management. This is knowledge management. And I have an app for each of those. I have Morgan for action management and Obsidian for knowledge management. They are under the same framework of active waiting passive but they are organized differently because they're different things like knowledge and action are, are different things organizing them under the same banner of power doesn't work i don't think no and that's where no. i may get cancelled in the video
1: <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't work it doesn't make well it doesn't work for us
0: exactly but exactly. quite frankly
1: i don't think i've seen anyone who it does work for.
0: No, I think the people that use power inside of Obsidian are also doing their tasks and projects inside of Obsidian. That's where they actually use the Power stuff. It's when they're using the action management. And I'm like, but that's not your notes. And then they have like a Zettelkasten folder, which drives me mad. I'm like, it's not a Zettel If it's digital, <laughs> um, if you have a hyperlink in it, it's not Zettelkasten. Um, it's systems thinking, anyway. Uh maybe casting 2.0. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, 2.
1: It's not 2.0, it's 3.0. Come on. 3.0. We're in 3P 3.0 world now.
0: I'm going to hit you. Digitally hit <laughs> you. Just wait, just wait until we're in like the metaverse and I can actually hit you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 3.0. It's gonna happen. Oh yeah. I I can't imagine that. I'll, us us in the metaverse talking about yeah no no Um, but yeah so and then moving I guess on from the the organising stuff what so just imagining us us in the metaverse Uh, glasses on I can see them being loads of glitching as well because because of the amount like we move I see loads of glitching of arms and stuff they they would have they
1: would have no hope (laughs)
0: <laughs> absolutely no hope with me well we both fidget yeah like you, you go backwards and forwards in your chair no one can see my feet and my like what I'm actually doing because, of, <laughs> because I know I fidget so much I make sure most of my hand movements are underneath the camera so every once in a while you see like fingers moving <laughs> yeah but obviously I mean with, I could, with, I could just the imagine metric, I would okay. keep
1: disappearing Ooh, I'm going <laughs> out of viewpoint out of viewpoint in viewpoint, out of
0: viewpoint. <laughs> It will it's, probably make people motion sick because like, oh, see the VR goggles, you're going to be going backwards and forwards. I'm going to be going from side to side and like swinging around when I start talking. And then my hands are going to be going all over the place and people are like, just like, get these like hands like directed. See <laughs> like, it, yeah. <laughs> someone walks in, and Someone's someone's got their goggles on, someone walks in and they're just doing this. Like, ah, oh, they're watching Danny talk. <laughs> they're, not, they're dodging their hands. <laughs>
1: so for audio people that would have made no sense whatsoever it did not look funny go watch it on youtube it Uh, is very funny
0: jumping around all over the place um (sighs) but yeah so the the express and distill sections of the the basb i think are more knowledge managementy stuff um and the the distill section is progressive summarization which i like that he's put a word on it a term on it a concept on it um, I get the different stages. I don't like his like bolding and then highlighting, but that's just personal preference. Where I think, so I have the I have the same format of the page, sort of. Like I have the same things in the page, but I don't. What I struggle with is I don't see a different way to do it. Now I know this is my bias, but I don't see how you can have a page without a link going back to where you got the stuff from. That's just a reference, and if you don't reference stuff, then you're stupid. Uh, <laughs> hot take: like if you don't reference where you got the note from or where you got the idea from, you're just asking for pain later on. It just it just makes sense. Like if if you if you're writing a note about something, you need to reference even if it's literally just copy the address of the, the website. Like it just makes sense. Uh, how you do that is up to you. If you don't do that, I think it's silly, or at least write down the name of the video or name. It needs to be referenced somewhere. and um, So adding that into the page, I, I think it's just logical. Having some sort of outline, whether that is in headings or whether that is in bolds or whether that's highlights, again, I think is logical if you have a long page. That's that's how all blogs are written. Then splitting up big blocks of text, again, I think is logical because you look at every web page. It's So I, I don't see the, the progressive summarization as groundbreaking or new again i see it as something that you could do it this way or you could do it that way am i am i missing something do you think
1: no um i did find the progressive summarization a little over explained maybe i i already i think think that's
0: Thiago's thing he likes to I mean, he, in, in the course, I mean, there's what, 40 minutes of explanation per code section, capture, organize, still express, 40 minutes explaining how to capture something, 40 minutes explaining how to organize something through para. It me, feels the both. Thing. Yeah.
1: And I think but, that's but, my,
0: and, and also
1: it's not just that, it's also people think they have to consciously do it.
0: Mm.
1: And I think that becomes a problem.
0: Because it's like so, loads of actions. Yeah, it's so do this, like this do, this, do,
1: this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And he explains that. And at the time when I had it, there was some value to it, I suppose. But also by the end of it, I was like, yeah, but I just can skip. Is that something wrong with me if I skip steps? And it's it was like, oh, no, you can do that if you want. I said, like, well, then what's the point of the bloody steps then?
0: I mean, it, to me progressive summarization is it's it's the amount the depth the the level you go to explaining distilling uh, e- explaining the note that you've taken most small notes don't need progressive summarization like if i watch a youtube video i don't need to bold or highlight things i just take the points that i need done that's you know, progressive summarization isn't needed at all mm. progressive summarization is needed when Well, not really, but it could be needed if I'm putting, say, 10 videos on something, if I'm putting all those things together. But that's not distilling information because I'm not bolding certain points. I'm just putting points that are saying the same thing together and then referencing them, which, again, is a progressive summarization. So where he has progressive summarization in the distilled section, unless you're reading or consuming a piece of content that's extremely long, i.e. a book or a thesis, or a really really long article that's complicated and complex you don't need progressive summarization which, which in makes... the nicest
1: possible way most of the people who have taken building the
0: second brain probably aren't exactly because they're not going to read books and the articles that people read if you're highlighting like a big section or bolding a big section and highlighting a word in it why do you have the why do you have a sentence bolded like you could just bold a couple words in a sentence with my, with my pages that I've expressed on obsidian. I bold maximum two words because it's in my head. Like, why do I need to bold an entire sentence? It just doesn't make sense. Actually I say maximum two words, cognitive load theory is three. (laughs) Uh, But I don't think that's bolded. I think that's a link. So that's an orange text anyway. And so, and that's the difference. Like I don't highlight anything in my expression of notes because it's, it's too distracting when I'm reading. I, I just want to read the text I when, when I'm reading through. I don't want to have to sort of mentally figure out, like get rid of the highlight type thing because reading is difficult for me anyway. Well, it's difficult for most people because you have to like mentally think about it. So I have bolded words that stick out to me. So if I am skim reading, I can see the bolded words. And I have the orange highlights, which have the page preview for Obsidian, which are like a higher level of, exploration which is the highlighted that um tiago uses but i have orange words instead of highlights because yeah to me changing changing the background of words makes it more difficult i see you're exploring something
1: yeah i was just looking to see what i was doing because once again this is another thing i don't think about what i'm doing i just do it yeah I'm, and i think that's something that i don't know whether this has changed since i did it it was while i got I, did, I was on um, bsb 10 or something it's quite an old older version i know they redesigned the whole curriculum Twice for me. Twice, wow. Um, I have bold as mini headers when I don't want an actual header. When I'm introducing a concept that doesn't need to be its own thing, but apart from that, I don't really bold stuff. I bold no. them as kind of more like subcategories, which really I could just do as a header, but I don't want to. I don't really bold stuff. And any links I have are quite literally. Links. Links.
0: <laughs> yeah. See, I, I do the same thing. And it's interesting that you say that because I've obviously, I, I don't want to say like, this is a boasty thing, but I'm a little bit further ahead than you when it comes to the researchy stuff. I yes, wanna... absolutely. Um. So when I have a section that is a bolded section, i.e. I'm going to use cognitive load theory because it's an easy example. Cognitive load theory was just a block. It was a bolded word, a block, couple of lines explaining it. Then I realized actually there's a couple of sections in here. So I had cognitive load theory is a bolded block and then a couple of paragraphs underneath that had no bolds in, a couple of links, but no bolds, lots of references. Then it became a section so I had a heading for cognitive load theory and then had like five or six paragraphs, and then it turned into an entire page. So the block turned into an entire page that now has close to a hundred references in. Now I I don't know if that's progressive summarization. I would see it as the other way. Like
1: Yeah, that's what I was just thinking.
0: It's it's I, like I actually progressive kind of
1: see exploration. It. So this is the cool thing is. It's almost like what I view as it's a version of my thoughts on Para. It's like it was a little thing that wasn't a big priority. So it's kind of like the archive. And then it became bigger and grew more of my attention and more. And then it became its own thing. And since starting to follow kind of a similar method to you, I found that really valuable because I can just go, okay, this is the thing. I don't know whether I'm going to turn this into a page yet. And I'm being way more selective on what's a page. Because I want to make sure that if it's a page, as in a a note in itself, a note, I should use the correct term. If I want it to be a note in itself, it has to be good. It has to have substance and not just be little tiny scraps, which I find is what happened, which meant it was harder to find what I wanted quickly. When someone was talking to me and, and asking, oh, that, that's cognitive load theory. And I was like, okay, which note do I want to find here? And I spent too long searching for stuff.
0: I think that's is the able to go, okay, so issue. Huh? I think that's the issue with atomic notes. The whole taking smart notes thing and the atomic notes, the evergreen notes, they're context-specific, fine. But for me, that's a block. It's yes. just a block of information that is in context with this larger idea, this larger concept. If I want to expand that block into a section, I can. If I want to expand that section into a note, I can.
1: Mm.
0: But if it if it's a note by itself to start with, I'm like, ah, uh, where, where's context? And then you're like going through links and bringing up like tons of pages. It's just pain in the bum. Which is why I have big pages of context with blocks. So it's kind of like progressive exploration or progressive uh, expression. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. So it's kind of like distilling the sources into a block and then expressing the sources out into a page. Diverging and converging ideas.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I haven't done the express module yet, but I'm guessing that's, what he's going to talk about anyway, like converging, and diverging, and converging ideas, or maybe just expression via Twitter and blogs and articles because that's his thing. A um, little bit of that. It's actually both. If
1: it's changed, uh, uh, you can correct me if it's changed that much. But when I did it, that's what it was
0: about. They, they don't give you access to the to the week lessons until like the end of the week before. So I've been given, yeah. I've been given the distill modules, even though it's still the organized week. So I've been given week three lessons during week two mentor sessions. And I was given week two lessons on week one mentor sessions. All right. Okay. And then, yeah. So, so you can watch the lessons before the main talk from Tiago. It's kind of like you do, so you get given the, the, the stuff before the first lesson you do the first lesson and at the end of the first lesson they say okay now you have the stuff for the second lesson to have a look at whilst you're looking at that you'll have the mentor sessions for all of lesson one and mm-hmm. then same thing all the way through which works but as someone that likes to read ahead I would much rather just have access to them all and just be given them as homework and be like hey can you read this or can you take notes on this because like my building a second brain note I've already fleshed it out I've got all the stuff in there I'm adding things to it so all of the sessions that I'm attending and that I'm watching all the notes are on there but I can't do anything for the express session until like week three (laughs) which is kind of irritating as someone that like wants to know like I want to know now give it to me now (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, is there anything else you want to add? Because, I mean, we've gone through the, the code, we've gone through the power, we've gone through the, the tagging, the statuses, the stages and organization.
1: No, pretty covered.
0: Nice. I do want to add in right at the very end, um, because I feel like this is where John and I are going to talk on anyway. Ecological dynamics and ecological psychology is very, very new. But I was listening to a podcast from The Art of Coaching, with, uh, and he spoke with a woman that uh, wrote, I think it's good good habits, bad habits. It's kind of like the competitor to atomic habits, um, but it's academically backed a little bit more um, and a little bit more accurate. Um, And she was using descriptions of how you build habits in the real world. And she used cognitive science, but everything she was saying was about environmental cues, environmental triggers, and other elements of ecological dynamics. So there could be a direct pathway from ecological dynamics into habit creation. And therefore, if it's in habit creation, it means it's also inside of learning. So this idea of constraints and affordances and environments for neurodivergent individuals could be directly injected into habits and learning, which I find really interesting, which is where I think um, research will start moving in the cognitive science world. But I just wanted to add that in at the end, because I think it's going to be an interesting topic and I may be speaking about it next week. Not too much though.
1: (laughs) I've got this book now. I'm just like, oh yes, please. I will go and put that on my nice book list.
0: Or oh, the good habits, bad habits. Mm. Yeah. Kind of yeah. intrigued. Right. <clears throat> See you all next week.